In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg. Another packed house last night in the debate over what to do with the Nye's Apple Barn property at 3151 Niles Road in St. Joseph Township. Last year, owner John Nye had proposed apartments, two restaurants, and a gas station on the property that's right next to 94. However, that idea died before the planning commission. Nye and attorney Pat Lennon were back before planners last night with a more modest proposal to rezone half of the property for business purposes. Lennon said given how many other properties are along that stretch of roadway are developed, changing the zoning makes sense. The pattern of development for this area has long been for commercial along the frontage. So when we looked at this situation and looked at what zoning districts best fit this property, B2 leaped to the front. B2 is St. Joseph Township's zoning code for a general business district where any number of businesses are allowed either by default or with a special permit. Lennon says the Nye property calls for development. This property is not correctly zoned. So the question becomes, what is the right zone? And we think it's B2. While no specific development plans were offered last night, the proposal outlined a new access road and a 30-foot buffer between potential businesses and residential homes. Nearby residents are opposed and voiced concerns again about traffic, crime, and property values. The Planning Commission indicated tentative support for the plan, but tabled the matter until it can get additional detail. Early voting for the February 27 primary will begin across Berrien County this Saturday. Berrien County Clerk Sharon Tyler tells us there will be two early voting locations. They are Lake Michigan College in Benton Harbor for those living in the northern half of the county and the Berrien County South County Building in Niles for those living in the southern half. You can check the clerk's website if you're unsure. Tyler says you don't necessarily need a driver's license or state ID to vote. It can be a concealed pistol license. It can be a municipal ID, an employee ID, a tribal ID, a student faculty ID from a high school or accredited institution, a military ID, a passport. Tyler says anyone can stop by the early voting locations at any point during operating hours to cast a ballot and new procedures allow voters to tabulate their own votes. One thing about early voting, you can take your AV ballot and cast your vote at an early voting center, so you can tabulate it yourself instead of putting it into the drop box, and you may feel more secure doing that. The hours for early voting in Berrien County, 8.30 to 4.30 p.m. through February 25th, except for on Tuesday the 21st when the hours will be 11.30 to 4.30 p.m. Tyler says the results from early voting will not be counted until Election Day. Her staff has been preparing for early voting, and she says she's confident it will be secure and functional. Voters in Benton Township and Bainbridge Township will need to go to their township offices to vote early. Those two municipalities opted out of the county's program. In addition to the primaries, there will be school millage renewals on the February 27 ballot for Buchanan, River Valley, and Niles. Voters in Van Buren County start early voting on Saturday. There's one centrally located early voting site. It's the Human Services West Building on County Road 681 in Hartford. Early voting runs from Saturday through February 25th. The site will be open 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. each day, except for Wednesday, February 21st, when the hours will be 12 to 8 p.m. All registered voters in Van Buren County can vote at the site during the early voting period. There's a new medical examiner for Berrien County. At their regular Thursday meeting, the Berrien County Board of Commissioners heard from Dr. Patrick Hansma, who has taken over the medical examiner position at Western Michigan University 
Following the departure of Joyce DeYoung, she is left for a position at Michigan State University. Hansma said there should be a seamless transition. We have still pretty much the same lineup of forensic pathologists as deputy medical examiners. Berrien County Administrator Brian DeSette told commissioners since the county hired WMU to provide medical examiner services back in 2018, things have gone pretty well. Over the life of this agreement, at the peak of COVID, we saw a bit of a slowdown as far as how fast autopsies were getting done. Uh, We did work with WMED to address the situation, and I think that they've done a good job of addressing Marion County's concerns as far as just lead time, wait time. The board last year continued its contract with WMU through 2026. Dissent said all relevant county departments have been informed of the turnover and they understand the board has approved hiring Hansma as medical director and continued the contract with deputies. St. Joseph Public School Superintendent Jenny Fee has disclosed she is interviewing for another job. In a message to the district this week, Fee said she's one of five candidates selected to interview for superintendent at Forest Hills Public Schools in Grand Rapids. She says she's chosen to explore the opportunity for family-related reasons. Fee came to St. Joseph from Grand Rapids three years ago. Her interview with Forest Hills is set for March. Fee says if she doesn't get the job, she plans to meet her family's needs from a distance. She also writes St. Joseph is truly a great community with great schools for which she feels privileged to serve. She says if she doesn't get the Grand Rapids job, she'll remain fully committed to St. Joseph. And if she does get the role, it would start in July. Southwest Michigan has had some warmer-than-usual weather this month, and that could be detrimental to fruit crops. Bill Shane is a fruit specialist with the MSU Extension Office in Benton Harbor. He tells us when the temperatures get above about 42 degrees, it can cause some fruit trees to begin preparing for buds. If it's that warm and then it freezes again, the fruit could be threatened. As plants move out of their deep dormancy, they become more and more susceptible to cold temperatures. And so it's something that we always watch carefully. The warm temperatures that we have certainly are starting to nudge the plants to more susceptible stages. Jane says the most vulnerable fruits are peaches. We've been cutting buds, and yes, there's damage out there. There's a lot of buds out there, a lot of varieties, a lot of locations. So each farm, each variety, each fruit type is a different story in itself. Shane says grapes are more complicated and harder to check. Apples and pears are the hardiest with less concern. He's hoping the temperatures will stay below 42, and it's unlikely another freeze cycle is coming. The areas of concern are Berrien and Cass counties, not so much in Van Buren County. New infrastructure to support electric vehicles is coming to Benton Harbor. The Michigan Infrastructure Office and the Michigan Department of Transportation have announced nearly $23 million has been awarded to more than 40 locations across the state under the National Electric Vehicle Infrastructure Formula Program. The goal is to get more electric vehicles charging stations installed around Michigan, and among the grants announced this week is $594,000 for the Pilot Travel Center on Napier Avenue near I-94. The Infrastructure Office says with the passage of the bipartisan infrastructure law, Michigan stands to receive around $110 million in formula program funding over the next five years to expand electric vehicle charging stations. The grants announced this week represent the first round of the funding to be deployed. Other new EV charging stations are growing into locations around Marshall, Grand Rapids, Portage, and Saugatuck. 
The city of Benton Harbor and the Fair Housing Center of Southwest Michigan are planning a fair housing workshop for this month. The city says it will be on February 22nd from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Pillars Center at 204 West Main Street in Benton Harbor. The event is intended to teach everyone about their rights when it comes to housing. It will cover fair housing laws and tenant rights. Another topic will be the Federal Fair Housing Act, along with state and local rules, renter protections, protections for those with disabilities or children, and how fair housing complaints can be made. The session will be led by the Fair Housing Center of Southwest Michigan Interim Director of Education and Outreach, Pat May. All Benton Harbor residents are invited to attend. The Lincoln Township Board of Trustees will hold a budget meeting this month. Township Supervisor Dick Stoffer tells us the board this week went over some of the basic numbers and they'll be explored again on February 29th at noon. From fire, police, parks, roads, and sewer, and water, all those needs together and see how they make a budget. Stoffer says nothing major stands out as unusual in this year's budget, apart from a few Department of Public Works purchases. Stoffer says anyone who wants to know more about how the township's finances work are invited to attend the meeting. Volunteer firefighters and first responders could soon be rewarded with tax credits. State Representative Graham Filler has written legislation that would give $2,500 tax credits to firefighters or EMS personnel working at least 10 hours a month. Filler says the tax credits would improve public safety by helping to recruit and retain first responders. What I hear is we are so stretched, especially rural, but not just rural. We are so stretched when we're trying to just find one or two people who are available. And if those people aren't available, then it takes longer for the fire run to get there. Then maybe the, the structure isn't saved when the fire goes up. The tax credits, if passed, would be available for the 2024 tax year. And finally, a scam alert. The Attorney General says she's not asking for your personal information. In the latest round of fraudulent emails, Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel says that scammers are using her name to message potential victims in the hopes of soliciting personal information in exchange for a tax refund. They note the scam emails have broken English, incorrect grammar, and are sent from an email that's not an official government account. She reminds everyone that the Attorney General's office and the IRS will never ask for payment in the form of a gift card or a wire transfer. In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg.